Welcome to the Vault Podcast, everybody. I'm Dave Wakeley. I'm sitting here with Dan Lee Archer. Hi. We know that not every leader in kids' ministry is in a big staff team. In fact, more than half the churches around the world have solo pastors. But no one should be alone in ministry, so we humbly ask you to consider us part of your team. Yes. Welcome to the Vault, where you keep your most valuable things. And what is more valuable than wisdom? Dan, today. Oh, my word. We've got some good wisdom. We've got some guest wisdom. Guest wisdom. Uh, not all the wisdom comes from us. In fact, most of it doesn't come from us. No, a lot of it comes from the Bible. <laughs> and it comes from our guests. This is a this is a this something that you didn't even know you needed. Exactly. Now, this is not a job interview. No. Because we already know if we had a job, we would give it to this man. Because you have already done that in the past. Yes, but you, <laughs> yes, you would uh, maybe recognise him from the big curriculum. Yes. Uh, you may recognise him from a guest on the Vault podcast. In the past when he was a part of our team. But uh, recently he has moved on and, to, and has an amazing job. Yes. Helping uh, children all around the world. Uh, and and well, uh, we're we about to talk about it. But yes, welcome uh, Graham Berry, an ex staff member, but we still love him. We still love. There's nothing ex about him. No, not at all. Hey Graham, how you doing? I'm so good. Such a privilege to be here. Thank you. It is good. Uh, you you're, you're coming to us with a very different perspective than last time. Uh, what did you talk about last time you were on our show when you were part of our team before you abandoned us? Well. Um, I, 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 to be honest, I think I was part of a, a bigger, a bigger panel. It was of a people. conversation, yes. It wasn't just me, as far as I can remember, but whatever it was. I've got a fact check coming. Dan's going to look it up and see what we were talking about. Right. Um, now, Graham, now that was the past, and this is the yeah. present. So, Correct. what are you currently doing with your existence that could possibly be more fulfilling than working with us? Correct. Look, it's a hard act to follow. Um, so. My current role, I work for an incredible organization called Destiny Rescue. Gotcha. Um, and I work, have been working for them for a little bit now. Um, the, the basics of it is we rescue children around mm -hmm. the world. And I don't mean uh, metaphorically, I mean physically we rescue children from human trafficking and exploitation in a whole bunch of different places globally. And uh, I have the amazing privilege of being part of that team that makes that happen here in Australia. Uh, there's a couple of fund uh, nations that make that work happen around the world. So the US is one of them, Australia is another, and then New Zealand too. So I'm part of the team here in Australia that make, make it all possible. Uh, if it wasn't for the people here in Australia, incredible donors and churches and uh, people like your listeners who are mm. passionate about making a difference, we wouldn't be rescuing kids. So that's our game. That's so, what we do. So I would say that's amazing. I would say that yes, you you've you've definitely moved to something with a lot of purpose. Let's put it that way. Yeah. yeah. A whole lot. <laughs> now, twenty years of uh, ministering to to uh, in ministry in Australia, which is exciting. You celebrated twenty years in Australia this year, I believe. Correct. Congratulations. So what... Uh, it still hasn't killed the British accent. It still hasn't killed the British accent. I he still pronounces his words <laughs> correctly. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Uh, so we, think, we thought you would be an absolute uh, perfect person to talk through uh, such a big topic. Yeah. Uh, and how we... <laughs> 
I don't know anybody else who could talk it through. Uh, I love it. From from kids pastor to defending kids around the world. Um, Dan, just as our little fact check, could you please tell us what the last time was here, what did we talk about? Uh, it was Vault Podcast Episode 9. Nine. It was called What Is Your Expectations for Key Team Members? Oh, okay. And he also had to share the limelight with uh, Benjamin Dunn. Oh, Ben Dunn. Who has also left us. Uh, he hasn't gone to Destiny Rescue, though, Dan. No. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, Ben. He was with us at summer camp uh, a few weeks ago, which is awesome to see Ben uh, hanging out with our kids. Now, let us begin. And to be honest, when you've got such a big topic as, as trafficking and um, exploitation of children, I don't even know where to begin. So, Graham, you're going to kick us off and uh, maybe just talk about and raise our own awareness of the problem because uh, sometimes you don't know what you don't know, you know? I think that's the best thing to say to start with is that this is a massive subject um, and honestly it's pretty it's a pretty big deal like it's it's a heavy subject mm-hmm. to be honest because it is so real for so many and it can it can be pretty confronting um, and that's worth saying from the offset that this is like a subject that can really affect some people um, but I think underlying it all is this incredible um, strain or thread of hope and light. And as much as the problem is huge and as much as many people are affected by it, there is an incredible amount of solution and incredible amount of hope on the other side. So some people might know loads about it. Some people are experts by all means. Um, a lot of people have a little bit of understanding about what that problem might be or what, how it affects people. Um, other people can just quote a couple of lines from a famous movie or two about um, trafficking. Um, so most people start off with a very like broad, like, oh, that sounds bad. Um, and to be honest, it, my job isn't really to uh, bog you down in all the statistics. Um, I mean, we're talking numbers that range from, you know, hundreds of thousands to literally billions in terms of dollars or people affected. So there's lots of stats and lots of numbers. But my goal in any conversation, whether it's like one-on-one or in a larger setting with leaders or, or, or churches on a Sunday morning, my goal, my aim is to be able to tell the right stories and connect people to the right, um, the right stories that tell, uh, tell this picture, that, that describe this picture in a really good way. So all of that to say, um, hopefully today I'm going to tell you some good stories and you'll come away understanding the problem maybe through the eyes of someone that's come through it and out the other side. Um, so I think big picture, though, the big problem is the big problem, which is trafficking around the world. It affects literally millions of people. I think in 2021 there was something like 40 million people conservatively were enslaved around the world. So a couple of years ago when we when there was a big study done, 40 million people were enslaved around the world. Mm. Like That's more than at any other time in history. So trafficking and slavery is just like a massive, massive problem on the planet. Yeah. And in a five-year span over those years from 17 upwards, from 2017 onwards, it was estimated that nearly 90 million people experienced some form of modern-day slavery. So it's a colossal issue around the world, especially here in Australia. That's 
two, three times the population of our country presently right. uh, involved in some form of slavery. So, like, when you're talking about the problem, it's it's a phenomenal issue. And it's not just the scale of the people involved, it's the scale of the, the, uh, the money involved. So human trafficking as a whole generates about $150 billion worldwide. Um, uh, so even that alone, like you could combine profits from Coke, Cola, and, and Nike, and you could combine a whole ton of profit from all of the biggest multinationals mm. in the world, and it still wouldn't get to the profit that human trafficking generates. And of that, $99 billion is tied to sexual exploitation. So that, that, that sector of the market is still phenomenally huge. So, yeah, I mean, it's easy to talk about these numbers, right? Because, I mean, it's not easy to talk about, but, like, I could spit out all these numbers. I could spend the rest of this podcast talking about the stats because they're real. Um, but it all boils down to the ones and the twos and the individual stories along the way. Mm. So it, it's just, it's hard to get your head around. And it's something that, as a, as a team, we work really hard. We work really hard to try and, paint that picture of how big the issue is um, so when is you it- moved into this role for example uh yeah. tell me the the jump that you made personally because again you grew up in england lived in australia i grew up in new zealand live in australia we're very much removed i feel like from some of the impact uh i've been on a trip recently through dubai and while we were there there was all the mention of qatar with a lot of slavery well, not necessarily slavery, but very much poor working conditions for a lot of migrant workers who are building the World Cup um, venues for soccer. Right. And and then it gets a little more real because then you're there in that area of the world and you're in Dubai and you realise that there's a lot of migrant workers there, yeah. uh, but it's still a little bit separate. So <laughs> when you came into this role, what was your own jump in knowledge and understanding? Yeah, that's a good question because you're right. We, we don't see it all that obviously and i know that there's signs and things you can look out for in certain contexts and doesn't it doesn't not exist um but the scale of the issue overseas is something at least from our perspective that can feel very distant um and i think upon coming into this role especially i think our founder i think was was a great example of that he was an australian guy from far north queensland um and was in a church foyer, the story goes, um, and he's told this story to us personally, and he tells it many more times. He was in a, he was in the foyer of a church, hearing two people in the foyer of the church discussing some of these issues, and one of the one of the one of the people he was listening to, he was kind of you know like you do, kind of like half listening into a conversation, and one of these one of these uh, one of these people who was listening to in the foyer turned to the other one and said. I couldn't believe it when I was there on holiday. Someone offered me a girl for two hundred dollars as I was walking down the street. Right, right. And so I found a Tony hears that, and it just like sends him in this spiral of how how could this be happening? What does that mean? And what can I do to solve it? Or how do I play a part in fixing this? And I think anyone who gets any kind of wind of any of the scale of this issue, when you hear it put in terms of ones and twos and the impact that it has on individual lives. And we've got documentaries and we do videos and we've got individual stories from these girls and others around the world. You, you can't help, honestly, you can't help but be completely blown away. Like mm. how any of this could happen to anybody <laughs> is just another 
like in our sheltered existence in a way you just like with any major issue in the world poverty or or anything like that the shock of it in a way compels you to want to see how it could be different how it could be changed and when you start talking about the way it impacts families and what that means to the community and all the different impact it has it, it it's it's almost too compelling not to connect into and that's our challenge is as a as a team at destiny rescue is being able to tell those stories to connect people from their everyday life you don't want to call it ordinary because no one has an ordinary life but there's this sense of everyday life how we can connect people from there to this this problem but the solution that's offered on the other side of that because it is just a phenomenal uh, a phenomenal solution that destiny rescue and others like us bring to these to these girls and, and children around the world it, it's amazing it really is absolutely what, what mm. do you uh, what do you say to someone who's uh, this is all too much of overload to them yep. like uh, it, it said very deep very heavy they find out of yep. this and it's just despair starts to creep in what, what are some of these what do you say to some of these stories of light as you were mentioning before yeah it's a real it's a real battle right because again there's so much darkness and so much brokenness and so much despair like you say that it's very easy to want to just ignore it and shut the door on it and move on and forget that you heard about it or hope that someone else is doing something about it um but i think that's the power of the power of what we do and how we work is that the connection to that individual story means that you don't have to try and fix everything you, you you're just you're taking you're taking a stand or you're making a difference to just one um so you, you're taking the focus away from everything in the whole world that's problematic and, and evil and you're just going well how can i make the difference for just one one of these people mm. um and so I in similar um, similar in sense to sponsoring a child. I think it's very, very familiar similar. to a lot of Christians around the world. Compassion kids, world vision kids, uh, <laughs> growing up with the with the forty hour famine. Mm. <laughs> yep. That's all, all yep. about the one. Uh, so yeah. So and so what you're saying in a sense, Destiny Rescue is doing that. It's tackling individuals. It's 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 yep. one at a time. It is. It really is. And we we went. We had the privilege. It was amazing. We we took a team of. Of, of, of people from Australia to Thailand um, near the end of last year, it was October, um, and we got to we got to go to Thailand and kind of experience the context that we have heard about. You know, you talk about the talk about the area, or you talk about the the red light districts, and you know, kind of get to go and observe it and kind of understand how our agents work because we we do a lot of covert work with agents on the ground in the actual areas that it happens. It doesn't happen. Like secret agents. You're talking yeah, about like so spies secrets. Do they? Yeah, it, honestly, yes. It's about, right. as, it's, it's about wow. as uh, the line to draw is pretty easy to, in comparison. So we work in, we work in covert rescues. One of the ways we rescue is not the only way, but one of the ways we rescue is covert rescues in the clubs and in the bars and in the areas, the districts themselves. We, we always send two agents out trained and kind of been through a whole load of uh, training and experience to get to this point, but they're placed in the clubs. They'll work together. They're constantly, um, constantly in communication with each other. They always have a third person outside the club area ready to kind of, you know, if they have to exit at any given moment, wow. the things get a little bit too complicated. Um, but they're in that club to build 
like frankly they're there to build relationship with the women and the girls in that club trying to scope out which of the girls uh, or the women inside that club are underage and obviously the majority of them don't ever talk about their age uh, yep. honestly so it's up to them to try and build relationship and sometimes it's a multiple visits where they have to build slowly a relationship by treating these girls like no one else gets treated in that club if you can kind of picture the way that might work so the honor that these agents have for the girls in the club is just on a whole nother level they don't get treated like they get treated by our agents it's just really beautiful to watch and we actually got to see it in action it was just phenomenal and these agents will work with these girls and get to know them build relationship and then over time it becomes clear that these girls are underage or they're they're not in the right they shouldn't be where they're supposed to be. Like they shouldn't be in that context. Yeah. And then the offer is made for freedom by the agents after a relationship has been built and they will say, we've got a way out for you. Do you want to take it? And invariably they'll take it. And we find out the most amazing stories from these girls, like Christians who've grown up in Christian households who used to lead worship and could, were singing like children's worship songs to these agents in the back of the club in tears, remembering their past um, and then getting connected to us and then all the reasons why they got involved uh, and then them having a path out. It's just like you can't <laughs> you can't put it any more succinctly than we reach in, we find the broken, we give right. them a rescue, and we set them on a new path. And then these girls, they're given this chance for freedom, they take it, um, and then they don't return back to that context and they're given a whole new uh, – effectively, they're given a whole new lease on life, effectively. They're, yeah sort of met with need if it's um, emotional or financial or um, if they need healthcare or education, vocational training, there's a very individualized path to freedom. Um, they'll then kind of step up. And we've got so many stories of these young women going through the program, as it were, coming out the other end and being a fully qualified uh, uh, hairdresser and running their own salon and employing other women, other girls that have been involved in that, in that setting wow. as well. And, it, it's it's these little covert conversations, these these agents that yeah. give up their time to literally go into these dark. Like you said, Dan, it's like it's too overwhelming. Like I yeah. don't know how I can make a difference. You don't have to personally. We got these incredible people that do it. What they do need is connection to someone who will support them, who right. back them, who pray for them, who advocate for them, who fundraise, who give be connected and support that effort um and there's other ways we do it too apart from the covert there's a whole bunch of other ways we do it with border agencies in nepal all women teams that stand on the border in these border stations with nepal and another country in in uh in southeast asia hmm. and they'll, they'll stand on the border and intercept these girls that have been you know uh Basically, they've been catfished to come over the border, or they'll be they'll be um, they'll be promised wealth and riches and yeah, yeah. well and, and marriage, whatever it might be, and they intercept them at the border on the buses. They got these beautiful blue uniforms, and they'll they've been rescued themselves, so they know what they're looking for. And this all women border force intervenes and collects thousands of girls before they even get over the border. Wow, like, it's the coolest thing, right? That's like, so cool. these are the this is the hope I'm talking about. As big as the problem is, they're these little like sparks of hope and light that exist all over the world there's raids that we do we work with federal police around the around the around the world say the philippines they'll work on a raid so they'll 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 literally work with the police to kick down a door in an institution and rescue 40 
girls at once and we'll arrest 10 or 15 perpetrators in one go and we'll shut the establishment down. But it's because of the covert work that our agents have done on the ground that they're not able to mm-hmm. be a part of for all the reasons. We get to supply the information and, uh, and work on a case over time and then pull the trigger and we've raided an establishment and locked up 10, 15 people and rescued 40 girls in one go. Like... The impact is a mm. phenomenal thing to watch. It's so cool. And there's individual stories in all of those names and families and lives and stories. And oh, it's the coolest thing. What's the mindset of an agent? Could you be an agent or does it take a no. specific? Are you an agent? <laughs> are you, are you, are you allowed to tell us if you are an agent? <laughs> You'll like, never know. That must um, be a very specific job and a role. It <laughs> really is. And I tell you, we watched, we watched and we talked to them um, and it, one of the most humbling experiences in the world because they're not – some of them have had uh, military or police backgrounds. Right. But others haven't. And others are just passionate about rescuing. And our founder, Tony, is still on the ground today in the clubs and on the ground rescuing these girls, finding out their real name, asking them with, like – genuine care how old are you what's right. your name where are you from gotcha. the questions they don't ordinarily get asked because they're there to be a product or to perform a service the questions and the moments in the back of the club when they're at their guard is down and they're they're not putting on a show and tony gets to say do you know there's a way we can we can rescue you we can we can give you a way out and to see the girls you know, their, their whole countenance changes when they realise that they've given a chance for freedom. Like, that's a specific type of calling. Right. <laughs> and we watched it play out because it's not just the most glamorous, it happens every night. It's night in, mm-hmm. night out, same club, same music, and it's deafening and it's, and it's, and it's messy mm-hmm. and, it's, and it's confronting. And, but every night they go in, they wade through the mess and they wade through the darkness to bring light to these people. And you just, it's a phenomenal, it's a phenomenal calling. And no, you're right. Not everyone can do it. And I, I wouldn't want to do it. Right. I don't, I don't think I could do it. Sure. From what I've seen, it's a, it's a incredible work they do. Yeah, amazing. 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 Graham, yeah, that is, cool. again, it's something uh, I think everybody here needs to check out Destiny Rescue Online, mm, which yeah. the website is. Uh, the de- Come on, Dan, is Destiny Rescue. Rescue. <laughs> Destiny But it would probably be in other other countries. Uh, yeah, dot org, in, just dot org in, in yep. the US. Yeah. And dot US. org dot NZ in New Zealand. Yeah. yeah. Fact checking, Dan. The oh, cool thing is that we reach so many people with this story, with these stories. We reach corporate uh, enterprise. We reach local community groups we reach churches and i think the heart of what we do is just to connect everyday people with what we know that god is already up to around the world and god is up to some significant things right. and they don't have to they, don't, they have a desire maybe to bring change or to bring impact around the world but a lot of churches especially that they, they might have a connection around local impact but not knowing how they can have impact and bring change and have that change mm-hmm. uh, be seen around the world, we 
we're already doing it. God's already using us. Mm. Get connected to who we're to what God's already doing, and mm-hmm. um, we make that bridge really clear, really easy, and people connect with us. And all of a sudden, their heart for change is having impact in places mm-hmm. that they would never ever go. Yep. They would never be a part of it were it not for the work that we're doing. And we're bringing change and light and hope in these dark, desperate, despair-filled places because of local churches, Brilliant. because of business, because of individual donors who say, I want to change that. I, I'm just going to make a difference. Sign me up. How do I do it? What, what needs to happen? And what, so, what, what would you say to a, a kid's pastor, someone of our, on our team, we're on their team, uh, yeah, who yeah. is hearing this and God's stirring them? What, 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 what can they do to... Yeah. What's that? What's then? What's their next step? How do they? How do they? How great, do they? What do they pray for? What do they do? Yeah. There's so many things, so many ways that people can connect with us. Um, the harsh reality is, without without finance, we don't rescue. That's the harsh reality. Almost of any charity. Yeah. In sure. Any, in anywhere, right? <laughs> like without dollars, this doesn't happen. And if that's something that you're passionate about, there's a hundred ways we can make that happen in terms of fundraising as a church, getting connected with missions mandate, the biblical missions mandate as the the church, talking with senior pastors and coming alongside missions teams and introducing them to our work if they don't know about us. If they're in kids' ministry themselves, they might not might not be something they can talk about every Sunday with their kids' ministry, but it's definitely something that you can advocate for in your church setting and say, wow, these guys are doing incredible work. Have you have we thought about this as a team? There's ways that churches themselves can run fundraising. There's ways that teams can run fundraising efforts within themselves. So we've got this amazing initiative called Move, Move to Rescue, which means basically in April we've got this incredible initiative where you give up a specific amount of time. I think it's 500 minutes of activity over the course of April, and you ask people to fundraise or rather you fundraise, ask people to give to your cause to raise money and awareness for this kind of thing. And then, like you name it, advocacy, social media, there's an ambassador program in the United States that is taking off hundreds of thousands of dollars raised through people taking it on themselves to be ambassadors for us, mm-hmm. uh, which is a phenomenal thing. And then, obviously, Australia, we, we connect with people in many different walks of life, but it all boils down to your connection to us. And if it's becoming a rescue partner, they can be a monthly giver uh, and offer offer money every every month to regularly support the work we do. People jump in at our campaigns. We have a ma- couple of major campaigns a year uh, where we give. Recently, over Christmas, we did food drops in Uganda to support families in Uganda who are unable to work or can't find the money and can't support themselves. So their children are selling themselves for food every day. So in order to like relieve that we did a major pro uh, major campaign around food drops to support families so they the kids didn't have to be on the street selling themselves to eat that night it's as simple as that so there's a multi-layered approach we have your prayers are important praying for those agents praying for governments advocacy around your own people group like your own friendship groups you name it the more moments that people have and if I can say this, hopefully it will make sense. The more moments that we have, the bigger the movement becomes. Movement as a whole, the movement to end trafficking, the movement to change these lives 
that movement is made up of individual moments. Mm. And when someone has a moment and they sit and they think, this has to chop, this has to stop, I'm going to make a change, I'm going to make a difference. When they have that moment, that is what builds the movement. And the more moments that each individual has, whether it's in a church service when we talk about this or, I don't know, this podcast, when someone's sitting there going, I'm having a moment right now. I'm having a moment about the importance of this. That's the movement that makes the difference around the world. So can I encourage everyone, have a moment about this. Take a moment about this. See how it is that you can have impact in this area uh, with Destiny Rescue and, and the work that we do around the world. It's, it's, it's movements made up of moments. I think that's, that's Love cool. it. I like yeah. it. And as Dave, you always say. You'd, uh, what do I say? You do for the one that you wish you could Ooh. do. Well, I did steal it, but I do say that. You do say that a lot. Do for one what you wish you could do for all. And so don't 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 be don't be inactive just because you can't do it all. I have a closing it. thought, Dan Archer and Graham Berry. Yes. Um, we spend our week at, as kids pastors talking about I know in Australia and you know a lot of countries around the world. Oh, how do we get our kids to read the Bible more, or how do we? Um, how do we help them understand more about God? How do we help mm. parents uh, tr- communicate? How are we going to get? How do we help them get to church? And then some conversations around the world is how do we take kids out of child trafficking situations? Now we don't stop doing one just because there's a greater need. need. Uh, we do it all, but I think uh, take a moment, and this is what helps me with the mundane tasks of ministry. Sometimes is is being involved in the absolute essential tasks of ministry at the same time. So, hey, definitely check out their website. Mm. Um, definitely get in contact and uh, see what you can be a part of and see what you can do because, again, we're all about helping kids and these are the kids that potentially need the most help in the world. Mm. So, thank you, Graham Berry, for coming along. A closing thought from you? Um, you guys are awesome. I love what you're doing. I think helping kids pastors feel like they're not alone and that there's a team on their side is super important. Love it. And I think... Um, Love being a part of it, and yeah, keep up the good work. You guys are doing good. And thank you, my friend. Uh, I have one last thing to ask you. Uh, you just said a lot of s- statistics at the start about in your new role. Uh, how much of your training, how beneficial was it that you played an accountant on Big <laughs> HQ for many years? Did this help you in your current role? Uh, look, I think... Finding my way around numbers Cause has, has it's just, like it's in. It was almost written in the stars. It's like a because I used line. to make you <laughs> memorize long list of numbers. You really did in your oh, in your in I your uh, scripts, and you're like, "What do you? What have to do this? These numbers?" I said, "Well, you have to actually get it correct because it's is a that mathematical the voice equation. that I used, Dan? Is that how I really sounded to you? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, you said. <laughs> well, it was very, it was more it was a little more it was a little bit a little more, more British. Like, all right mate come Wait, on oh. i just want to drink tea in my trailer we need the british a trailer who else had a trailer no one gave me a trailer i had no one, one had a trailer had no two. one had a trailer we just watched trailers on youtube thank you everybody for being a part of the vault podcast very good thank you to graham berry thank you to dan Leach. thank you to dave wakely thank we'll you see you next time you. on the vaults Whee.